You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, everyone. It's Maria from The Big Ones. So look, we're going to take a quick break from our normal, our, our, our normal schedule. You know, just take a month or so off from doing the weekly big ones. But this has happened before, and everyone that's a Patreon knows we continue doing the Patreons. So after today's episode, if you want tons and tons of episodes that already exist, plus two bonus episodes every month, plus just, you know, it's a good time over there. It's like a party then join our Patreon. And for the following weeks where we take a little break from the main episodes, you'll still have me and Amanda in your ears. So enjoy this episode. It's a lot of fun. Hope everyone's having a great summer by staying in, wearing their mask, and head on over to the Big Ones Patreon and have yourself a ball. Because we are. All right. Bye. An Erios production. Would I kill my own baby to save a village? Would I go back in time and kill him? Would I take the promotion at work with strings attached? Would I eat muffins for the rest of my life if it meant I didn't have to go to school? Would I have Satan's child? And welcome to the big, the big ones. Each week, we discuss new ethical questions ranging from historical decisions to relationship problems to brain-busting moral choices. The questions can be complicated to discuss, but they're always fun to talk about because they force you to look deep, deep, deep with inside yourself. Will you like what you see, Christina, Christina Rogers. Rogers? I think I will. I think That's you good. will too. I think I of think you as someone too. with a strong moral compass. I am very confident in my opinions. Love them or leave them. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. Well, you're talking to, t- to two to two girls who flip-flop uh constantly and who can't I will say as a as a listener of the show that I do um very quickly and confidently decide what I would do okay. and then through the course of you discussing it also consider the other options. Well, that's then so. our work here is done because that's we're here to yeah. broaden the mind. <laughs> My mind is open. <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> so you all might recognize Christina's voice um, from an, an occasional co-host stint on Pistol Shrimps Radio. I am one degree of a lot of people that you like. <laughs> <laughs> Mark McConville is her husband. Um but more than that, Christina is just a, a talented woman. Would you say you're an art director? Um, sometimes. <laughs> okay. I frequently, like now that we're in, I am in a non-essential worker, I like to consider myself just a skillionaire, just in broad. Sure, I love I that. that. But uh, for many years, I've been a prop and wardrobe stylist for advertising shoots. 
So photo shoots, not so important right now. But you're mm. someone who can look at something that's in a magazine, whether it be a baked good or a floral arrangement, and then you can go and do that thing. And then it, it doesn't, it looks like it does in the magazine. Like you can, I, you're someone who can. Because <laughs> I probably did it in the magazine. <laughs> okay. See the difference. I, I mean, what does that feel like when you accomplish what you set out to do and you see it, you look at it straight in the eyes and you go, oh my God, I, you know, it's, it was, it's what I imagined. I, I think that I am most satisfied by succeeding. Like I like the process and the challenge. I care very little about the final photo because that is not so much a thing that, you know, that lots of other people contributed and I'm happy to do my part. But for me, for you to challenge me with a thing that probably can't be done and then when I can do it, that's like the the drug. Mm. Have you ever not been able to do something? So far, nothing has broken me. What's the craziest thing you've had to procure for a for a job? Um, last summer we wanted to do an art director wanted to do a Slim Aaron's photo shoot, which is like very Slim Aaron's a very popular photographer in the '60s, showing like lives of leisure, like rich people carefree, laying by pools, and in very Palm Springs. And there's a very iconic um, photo of a woman lounging on a bear skin, uh, a tiger skin rug or a lion. So it's got the full lion head right. and the full rug. And so he wanted to do it with kids. And so I had two days to find this. They're, they're endangered species now, and they're really hard to find, like a rental. of not a lot of money. Um, so you went so to the I jungle. Did find some- <laughs> I did. I went to the jungle. Yes. No, I found this family that would let me borrow one for an hour. So this, we had to make this poor six-year-old sit on it in this very posh Silver Lake home. How do you go about so. asking someone to borrow their rug? Um, like where did they sheer desperation? How did you know they had it? Did you, were you like looking on Instagram and you saw that they took pictures in front of it or something? I'm an incredible sleuth. (gasps) Like if I can get, if I'm stumped, uh, it's really, I can't, um, it's, it's not good. So I found a family that used to rent that in that the family, the, the guy, the her father died and he used to rent props. And so the family inherited the taxidermy business. Uh. And so through them, I was able to kind of talk my way into borrowing the rug. But what I was looking at, I didn't even know if they had it. I just looked at like pictures of like rooms and rooms full of deer and bears. And I was like, you have to have it. Yeah. It's very specific. So, and they did, and they let us borrow it for an hour. And so my husband got roped into it because he came to set with me. We shot it, and then he had to drive it back to the big warehouse full of taxidermy. Wow. I bet he could drive in the carpool lane, too, prop that head up, that lion Out head the up. window. <laughs> it's pretty, like, I was fascinating. So, yeah, that was pretty, that was kind of one of the latest hard things. I, um... One of the things I did is I designed, I work for a lot of kids brands and I designed, uh, they wanted a Louis Vuitton Vuitton trunk Mm -hmm. in the scale of kids to shoot on the Queen Mary, but it had to have the brand logos. So I had to design a canvas like all over print with the brand's logos and then build it into like a two by three trunk for a five-year-old to sit on. And so stuff like that. If I tried to do anything like that, it would just end up like a pile of sticks on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) No, you just have to have the will. Like if you have the will to do it. That's what I don't have. That's what I succeed. I have the will. I just don't have the wherewithal. I have a will. 
<laughs> God. No, it's ruined any sort of permanent. Like, I have no interest in doing anything permanent because I have to do things so temporary. Mm, right. So, Interesting. It's a lot of adrenaline. Sure. A lot of adrenaline and wasted energy. So, Christina, what would you have any little moral dilemmas that you're fighting within yourself to figure out how to deal with? Well, uh, let's let's say you have a dying wish. Mm. Uh, okay. Maria, your fa- your face. I I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I know. I try to do broad strokes. So my father on his deathbed, and I mean this in all like um, uh, lightheartedness, he was a man who loved his stuff. And so on his deathbed, he looked at me and he said, you have to promise me that you will sell my cars to CarMax. <laughs> it's a very specific request. Whoa. And the reason that he asked me to do this is because he prides himself in his stuff. He has, his cars were terrific and he thought you won't have to, he's already planned it out in his mind. You will not have to worry about this. Um, You will just go to CarMax and they will sell the cars. And so um, we're like, okay, I, I guess we will do that. But then his, one of his golf buddies also asked if he could buy the cars. And that was absolutely forbidden. So, should I honor my father's request and go through and sell these cars to CarMax? Or should I take the easy road and sell them to the golf buddy who's ridden in the cars, loves the cars, was a friend of my dad's, but that goes against a very specific Mm. wish? Now, this is interesting you should bring this up because it actually touches on something we talked a little bit about in our last episode, which was this whole dilemma based on a literary um, piece of literature about, I, I forget the exact details, but basically it was like, should the wishes of the dead dictate the behavior of the living? And ah. this is sort of like a very relatable version of that. So I don't know. This is so interesting. I, and why... It's kind of a two for it's a two for two. So I will tell you there's a there's a part two. Why didn't your dad want his friend to have it just because he was such a fan of Carfax? Uh, Matt just wanted like oh, no. Sorry. But there's also a Carfax. Okay, my that's, oh, that's, that's with the, the fox. That's the fox. Yeah, Carmax. My um, apologies. He wanted <laughs> um, he wanted just simplicity. Yeah, like he didn't want me to have to haggle with anybody or worry about someone coming back. Like my dad certainly did his fair share of selling his per- vehicles privately. Yeah, but he just wanted no hassle, straightforward, and just take care of it so that no one could come back to us. Like if the golf friend bought the cars and say, "Hey, wait a I second. see, I see." So your dad like sounds the- like he prided himself on kind of like knowing the best way to do something like this. And it was oh, his yeah. wish to have his daughter follow in his I footsteps. Thought it would be his, uh, yeah, I thought it would be his wish to be buried in his car with all of his stuff. So that's, that's really cool, too. But you know what's a, go- a gift, though, is that he didn't say to donate it to 1877 Cars for Kids. Because, Why? What's wrong with because that? I, that is, um, that's a scheme. That's a scam. Oh, what? Let me look it up. She just is saying it's a scam. She has no evidence. And now she's going to, she's going to scour. 
she's going to scour the web to find something saying it's a scam. <laughs> I'm look- we did. I'm looking on Wikipedia cars for kids. Okay, now look. Criticism. The organization has been criticized for inadequately disclosing its Jewish educational work. In 2009, Joy for Our Youth paid $65,000 in fines in Pennsylvania, while Cars for Kids paid $65,000 in fines in Oregon in settlements reached with the respective state attorneys general as a result of their contention that the organization had to more clearly state that the beneficiaries were of a certain religious affiliation. Oh. So in it's it's... So they were supposed to say where it went? It's not really for kids? In 2017, the Minnesota Attorney General conducted a compliance review and submitted a 300-page report to the Internal Revenue Service. The report found that 44% of funds raised by Cars for Kids went to to program expenses, and most of that money had gone to its sister organization, URA, whose concentration in New York and New Jersey meant only one Minnesota child was believed to have benefited. From okay. one of his programs. <laughs> well, I feel like we could have a separate, yeah. uh, very special edition of the big ones on death and charities. Oh. oh. Well, I'm curious. So, okay. So my general feelings about like fulfilling the wishes of our late family members is that you do your best, but really it's up to you like making these little decisions because it's spirit of the law, not letter. That's of the that's law, how. Right? Yeah, exactly. So I think whatever you like, it would be totally fine if you felt inclined to give the car, sell the car a different way. I don't think your dad from beyond the grave is going to be. I mean, he probably would be a little peeved, but <laughs> depending your thoughts on the afterlife. We have established. That actually, I, I've established there are no ghosts because my father has yet to come back and haunt me for all the things that I have gone. But I do think whether or not you think there's an afterlife to, might change your opinion on this subject. Well, I have like the Casper the Friendly Ghost version. Okay, like, you know, like so your dad, yeah, like Lydia, your dad would like sheets, laugh, laugh know. about it. He'd be stinky. No. He'd be Stevie, <laughs> one of Casper's uncles, stinky. um this is what my take on it it's whatever makes you feel okay doing i have a lot of guilt and a lot of shame built into my personality that if someone asked me to do something and i didn't do it i would feel like their life was a lie and i had let them down tremendously but that's not to say i have a ton of guilt you do Mm. Yeah. In life. Yeah. I can't lie because right. I feel too guilty. Right. Mm. And so that's just like, I don't think it's bad to to sell it to the to the buddy. But I know myself would have a hard time going against the wishes of like, if I was told specifically what to do, that I would just do that. We thought it would be pretty easy. I mean, I'm telling you about something that happened in the past, but we thought it would be easy just to go, this is what he wants and we're going to do it. And you know, great. It's one less thing we have to think about. You know, we just execute the plan. Um, And my dad had two cars and a motorcycle. And so we found out that CarMax wouldn't take the motorcycle. Mm. They don't take motorcycles. Oh, God. And the two cars, we met a very charming man there who was from um, South Africa. And we learned a lot about the car industry. But we found out that cars that were over seven years old, would be sold at auction. Oh. 
Do you think your dad researched this at all? Or do you think... Well, I think he had sold a car to CarMax, but I don't think he knew that the seven-year, like, window happened because... And why... He had, like, a a very iconic Jeep Cherokee, like a Jeep Cherokee Mm. from the years when Jeep Cherokees were cool, boxy looking, and it was perfect. Like 1995 Clueless, kind of? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I almost considered keeping it because it was just, like, so good looking. But he didn't want that for you. He said, you sell that. Car. <laughs> oh, no. He said, you sell it to CarMax. <laughs> promise me. And I'm to you guys, he said, promise then, me. That's the only reason. Really? Like, promise me. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's... Promise me you're going to do did, this. And you said yes. I said yes. Oh, of course okay. I said yes. Well, of course, because also I ha- didn't know the... I didn't know what now I know. Okay, yeah, because you thought car back, so that seems easy enough. Why would I say, well, I'll think about it? You know, like that would just be <laughs> yeah. cruel. Why would that be the, the bone to pick yeah. like, when on someone's die, last days where you're like, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah well, let's, Dad, I'll bring in my laptop and we Wikipedia can go through. Yeah, we said, can go through a couple different places. I'll try. I'll try, Dad. I, I can't promise. <laughs> no, that's a, that would that would not be acceptable in my house. Of course not. It ha- but I think up. as long as you did try and you did, then I think mm-hmm. that's all you can really do. Um, but I do think now I'm like, I don't want anyone to think that I'm like so relaxed about people's death wishes. Like I really do think you should try <laughs> to execute them. It's just if you try and it doesn't work out, it's okay to go a different way. I don't think it because it's really like a, a white lie in a way. Like when my mom asks me, like, um, are you wearing sunscreen or did you reapply your sunscreen? And I go like, yeah, I did. Because I know that she's like, I just want to stop her. Yeah, from but do any of your mom's golf her. buddies ever come up to you and go give me the sunscreen that your mom just gave you? <laughs> no, see, that's it's not true. as see. You so it's difficult. It's hard because <laughs> I think it's different too as like an asking as a child, like your child, do this. And, you know, that that clicks into what 40 plus years of parental guidance like yeah. and direction. Like, and I wasn't a rebellious kid. So if that's what he wants, like, yeah, it's really hard not to do that, even if I think I know better. Right. And also like the, the power and like death is like huge, right? Yeah. So you want to do right by him. Um, well, do you want to hear yeah, what please. So they, he said, we got a fair price, said we could sell the cars that they would sell the cars at auction, but they wouldn't take the motorcycle. And that motorcycle just became Mark and I do not ride motorcycles. We don't even know what to do with a motorcycle. Like I know if one looks pretty, right, right, you know, right. then that's great. But um, so Mark said, I'm just going to call the golf buddy. <laughs> and so we called the golf buddy and we sold the cars to the golf buddy for a little bit of a profit. Right. Well, that wasn't really the, that wasn't money was not a driving issue, but we did sell them to the golf buddy. And then <laughs> my parents lived in a gated community that has parking stickers. Uh-huh. And every year you have to renew these parking stickers. And so they called me and they said, since you're not going to renew, you don't have the cars and you're not going to renew the parking stickers. We need the parking stickers. Otherwise you have to pay $50 a parking sticker. So their HOA wanted $150 from me because ultimately we were going to donate the motorcycle to a cars for kids or something. And we ended up selling it privately and it all worked out. Everything worked out. 
but they wanted the stickers back and we didn't have the stickers. So we called the golf buddy and we said, do you have the stickers? And he's like, well, a windshield broke and got replaced. So no. And the other one I just cleaned off. And at the time we still had the motorcycle. So this would be part B is what do you do? You only have one sticker. Do you just turn one sticker in? So you only have to pay a hundred dollars or do you try to figure out how to not just ghost them and not pay at all? You ghost them. Your family, your family spent years there. Your, they, they gave them what they gave them while they were alive and well. And now to ask more of you and, and, and the Rogers, you know, the Rogers family, it's just not right. You got to just take the money and run. Or a little trick I learned in high school when I, this actually almost got me expelled. Uh, really? Or sus- what? probably more like a suspended. But I um, photocopied, actually, my friend Elisa, her mom, I didn't have a parking pass and she did. And her mom just one day handed me a little photocopy of it and said, here you go. <laughs> so for six months, I was happily parking in the senior lot with my little photocopied parking That's pass. Smart. Yeah. And then one day I got pulled into the principal's office and he said, I know what you've been doing. And Elisa got pulled (gasps) in and they threatened to suspend us because they said it was mail fraud. Who, even though her mother gave you that? That's what I said. Olga gave it to me. But then. (laughs) Wow. You ratted her out. You didn't say. Why didn't you just say I found it on the floor? I mean, I don't know. I just didn't think of anything of it because an adult, I mean, I kind of, I knew it was wrong. I did. But you then we say someone gave it to me. I just, a woman was walking by and she gave it to me. That's what I always say. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Plausible I deniability. No I should have played it better, but I didn't. But anyway, it all ended up working out because my, the, anyway, this feels like white privilege, but the ASB, I had just been elected to ASB and the ASB teacher like worked behind the scenes to get us off the hook. Oh, Amanda, is this that same stupid teacher that let you run to go get your prom dress in the middle of school? Oh, I hate this teacher. Like, hey, wait, did you, did you go to Millican or LaSalle, LaSalle, Amanda? Yeah, I, I went to LaSalle yeah. too, as you, we forget. I know, I do forget that. Also, this, when you said the photocopied parking pass, do you remember, because we grew up with this shopping center in between our neighborhoods, do you remember when penguins used to be penguins frozen uh-huh. yogurt? I loved penguins. Okay, so you're probably too young to remember when it opened. I remember when it closed. But when it opened. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you an opening story that ties in. They put um, two-for-one flyers for their grand opening on all the cars in the Lucky's supermarket parking lot. And my mom went Uh-oh. and pulled all the coupons off of everyone's car. Yeah. And then she took them to her office because Penguin's was black and white logo and just copied like 100, 200. Wow. That's smart. These are just and smart used things them to do. For years. Oh my God. Two for one. She was saving thousands. Well, I photocopied. I went on it when I was, uh, went to an InSync concert. I wanted to get backstage and no one was going to tell me I couldn't. And so I, it was the beginning of eBay. So I went on eBay and I found someone was selling backstage passes and I, and I printed out on eBay? On eBay. And I printed out the image of the backstage pass and then cut it out. So it was a Amazing. photo and I got backstage. Wow. I got pull, I got stopped because I didn't have time to laminate it. And and I said and they said where did you get these and I used my some woman was handing them out back there. And uh they said, "Oh, okay, we'll go ahead." 
Wow. We we used to have a friend that worked at Universal Amphitheater, and they would let us go in backstage and see shows for free. And all they would do is hand you like a carnival ticket, like one of those admit one type tickets, and they'd write wall on it. And they'd go, just sit anywhere, go anywhere, as long as you have this. Are you, this is like a carnival ticket that you wrote wall on in Sharpie. And it it worked. A carnival ticket will work wonders. There's a lot of things you can do. Especially at a carnival. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well. So the moral, we'll just follow up with the moral of the story of the car stickers, um, which were also very low rent. Like they didn't have RFD. They didn't have, they were just like a bad drawing of a sun. (laughs) Um, Since we had one sticker, I ripped it up into three pieces (gasps) and stuck a piece on each piece of paper and then brought them the rip sticker artfully done and said, here are the stickers. And they said, okay. And then wow. Was like Jesus uh, feeding. What did he do? He, he took the, lo- the fish. Yeah. He did something. He, he made bread. He made loaves, fishes and stuff. That one I feel good about. I, I still wonder if I did the right thing with like selling, not selling the cars to CarMax, but the I feel like I stuck it to the man with the stickers. No, I th- I, I think, Christina, that. because you tried the CarMax thing and it didn't go, it didn't, there was no way you were getting out ahead in that. You did your best with that and then you found the better route. So I think you're I in agree. the clear. I think your, your dad's looking down from, you know, his what you know his his lazy boy in the sky and he's saying you did good christina you did good something like he's that going, that's my kid over there <laughs> saying, horse shit why did oh can we swear in this? Horse, yeah, horse. Yeah. Oh. that's um, my daughter over there that's my kid oh, no. it's like why didn't she listen to me no all right, well, let's do our ask really quickly. Oh, yes, please. So this is the part of the show, Christina, where we ask our guests to ask our listeners to rate and review the podcast and to give us, mm, so join important. our Patreon. Mm-hmm. And you you understand how meaningful this is. Um, do you, has Mark ever told you the story when he asked me to rate Super <laughs> Ego and I rated it with four stars and not five? And I, cause I told him I didn't want it to seem unbiased and he was, he's probably still mad to that, this day. That's about an that. iconic story. That floats around. <laughs> that's an iconic Super Ego story. I think that's fair. Four stars? Yes. Not everything can be perfect, but great. Things can be great. Well, when it's out of five stars though, Christina, it's not like it's out of 10 and you did nine. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I, I could have given him three law of averages, but no, I went with four. I felt good about so, it. So, and I never changed it or so took we, it down. We know Maybe that we about did. you, but we'd appreciate it if you asked people to give us five stars. Please, they are doing essential work in these times of pandemic and anti-racism. Five stars to answer these moral questions. I should have my little big ones should have been. Um, do you tell someone if you went somewhere? And got exposed. I feel like that there's little big ones. Oh, that's all we're doing. Every day I wake up and I'm just like riddled with should I, should I, should I not, should I do this, should I do that? But when in doubt, just stay home. Um, you so Amanda, I I don't know if you recall this, but last week we said that if if people reviewed and wrote a short story, we would read it because and so someone has reviewed with five stars. That's a great idea. Yeah, and written a short a short story that's kind of a beautiful 
a beautiful little note. Um, Would this you is read from it? Sh- yeah, this is from Shack Seeker. It's called I'm an Alien. It has taken one billion light years to get to Earth. I was separated from my squad upon f- pulling my fit. Sorry. I was separated from my squad upon pulling my space chute string to land on Earth. I landed on the first O of the Hollywood sign in Los Angeles, California. I have found it hard to integrate with humans and decode their ways. The Big Ones podcast has been a beacon of hope in my quest to understand human morality. I will be taking these recordings back to my planet one day. A wide-ranging discourse on topics which leave me not only perplexed on the human condition, but also tickled. If humans ever wondered, are aliens listening in? I can verify yes, and you're funny. That's really something. You know what's funny is I read that earlier today, but I had forgot we called for people to write short stories. So I just was like, oh... That's a well, unique I, perspective. I mean, I took that as a story. I don't know. Maybe it's a poem. I don't like know. Like a first person account. I, I'm not sure. But anyway, wonderful. A prediction. A prediction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's coming from 3,000 years in the future. And also join We're our... all Sims. So. Oh, Let, uh, also join our Patreon because it's popping off over there. Uh, so should we get to our big, big one? If we take a break first... Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All ready for this big, big one. So I haven't read this yet. Maria just sent it to me. Um, Read the second one. Not the first one. I made some typos. You are a sexy, young, private investigator. <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry. Oh. It's the word sexy. I can't listen to it. It's so silly. You, so let's silly. try again. You are, Let's see if she can handle it. You are a sexy, young, private investigator using the old contacts from your checkered past to help you solve cases in your native city of Boston. You and your sexy brunette girlfriend are hired by, <laughs> are hired by a woman to look into the case of her three-year-old niece, Amanda McCready, whose disappearance has caused a media storm. Amanda's mo- mother, Helene, has been pleading with the public to help find her daughter, but behind closed doors, you see that Helene is more concerned about her own life and the publicity of the case, and upon further investigation, you find out Helene is actually a degenerate parent and drug addict whose negligence includes incidents of leaving her daughter alone for hours unsupervised, once resulting in Amanda getting a terrible sunburn, the other time resulting in her being abducted. After months on the case, Amanda is presumed dead and you are set to go on with your life. But one day, police detective Broussard, who is also working on the case, confesses that he is part of a small ring of cops who take children from abusive and neglectful homes and place them with caring, competent parents. 
you realize Amanda isn't dead and find her in a cute forest home where you see Amanda McGreedy alive and well. Apparently happy and well cared for by the Boston police captain whose own daughter went missing many years ago. Your sexy girlfriend begs you not to return her to Helene imploring you that she will be loved with the police captain. She also says if you return Amanda, she will leave you. What do you do? Is this from something? This is from Gone Baby Gone. That um, Casey Affleck, Michelle Monaghan, um, they play two sexy young private investigators. So basically, you're a private investigator. This kind of this woman hires you to look for her niece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you find out that the niece has been taken from the mother, who's sort of a derelict and given not a- sort of. She's like big, t- like she's like like her ex boyfriend. You find him dead because he's like you know, like she's in. She's, okay, ba- she's bad. She's bad. She's, She's bad so, news. So, so who's so? It's the aunt. It's the aunt that wants to. Yes, find the aunt's the one that kind of like looks girl. after, you know, Amanda for the most part. And so Amanda, then you find Amanda being raised by the sheriff in a forest retreat house. Yeah. So the captain, the police captain's own daughter, went missing many years ago, and so I think he's like one of the guys that. Like he basically this he he he's been looking for a daughter ever since. And oh, so he's just raising her. He's not raising other people's kids, too. It's just this little girl. It's just her. So he basically the sheriff is a good guy. He stole the daughter to raise as his own. Mm -hmm. Did he steal her like premeditatively or did a situation like what did the mom just leave her somewhere? So I'll, t- I'll, I'll this is I'll just get into the story a little more. Well, no, we can you can hear it. But the 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 um, the aunt who called the private detectives, her husband was the one who contacted these detectives that that take the children away basically and give them to better homes because he saw how poorly Amanda was being treated. He didn't tell his wife this. So the wife has no idea. The uncle was the one that kind of set all this in motion. So, so basically to everyone else, but the uncle and these two police people uh, think that she was taken abducted by bad people. I see. This is interesting because the kids. Okay. Well, first of all, I don't think it's right to like steal anyone's child. Just want to get that out there up top. Um, is there <laughs> just without like cut cut and dry? You cannot steal a child, no matter how good your intentions. Yeah, no are matter how, how nice bad. your forest retreat is. Yeah, you can't do it. That forest retreat sounds pretty oh, good, especially if she was living in it Boston. It was so proper. nice. Like it's so nice. And like when they find her, she's like on Morgan Freeman plays the the police chief and he's on a rocking chair Ooh. just with her on his knee just like wow. looking wait it's morgan freeman yes. oh i, I mean, know. yeah you keep your mouth shut <laughs> yeah keep your damn Done. mouth shut next. what's the next one you guys <laughs> solved case closed <laughs> but do you what would the salt be to tell the aunt? Like tell the aunt to the aunt. Well, yeah, would the aunt adopt? I mean, really, what you did the aunt yeah. want to adopt her? And also, why didn't the aunt step in if the mother is such a derelict? Like, why hasn't the because aunt, I think like, the mother's so on the edge of it being. You know, I don't know what the system is like that where it's like child protective services and stuff, but I think this is a way where it just 
gets the child away from the situation without putting it through the court system and everything like that. It just kind of like, I think that's the way of thinking about it because you see that Helene is like, she cares for the daughter, but she's just like not loving towards the daughter. Like, it's like, she's just some, it's so Helene is obligation. Is Helene the aunt or Helene's the mom? Mom. Okay. So, but maybe there's not enough to actually warrant taking the daughter from right. Helene because exactly. there has to be some like real shit going down for a child to be removed from their home. Right. And she's only three, right? Yeah. But you just know, I don't know though. That's it's tough because that's a slippery slope, right? Because who then is it the next time you're like, Oh, well I want a baby. Morgan Freeman wants another baby now. And so <laughs> where's he going to get that one? You know, it's, He's just a baby collector. Yeah, the baby, the baby collector, the sequel to the Bone Collector. Now it's babies is the tagline. This sort of like <laughs> maybe maybe this is because I just watched the um, trailer for the next season of Handmaid's Tale in twenty twenty one. But it's similar in Handmaid's Tale where her daughter is taken and she wants her daughter back so bad, but the daughter clearly looks like she's on the right side of the Handmaid's Tale law. So with- right. Is it is it better to keep the child in the in the fo- the fantasy forest, mm. like all happy? Does the daughter does the does the three year old what's the three year old's name? Oh, Amanda. Does Amanda ask for her mother? Does she question? She doesn't talk Uncle much. Morgan? She doesn't talk much. I mean, she doesn't talk at all. She's traumatized. It does. It looks like she's happy where she is. This is all in the movie. They don't make it clear. They literally make it like, okay, now you see her in this environment. She was in this other environment. She's not. Like, it's it's just, like, which environment do you think this child would prosper in? Like, which, which, and then you, from there, have to, have to, like, think, rethink everything you believe and be like, well, but that's not, you can't just steal someone. And that's what Casey Affleck's girlfriend, Michelle Monaghan, is saying. She's going, if you return this kid to her mother, you are setting this child up for failure. You're ruining this child's life, and I'll hate you, and I'm not going to be with you. Casey Affleck, I think, picks those roles of troubled detectives because we just watch The Man and the Gun with Robert Redford, where he's like, I I recommend it. It's very good. Um, But he also plays a troubled detective. Like, do I catch Robert Redford, who's this career bank robber, or do I let him go because he's 80 (gasps) and he's having a hot affair with Sissy Spacek? Ooh, that would be a whole nother episode. We could do a whole month of Casey Affleck. (laughs) Sexy detectives. But he, I don't know his career that well. And, and then Mark's like, oh, now you got to watch Manchester by the Sea or like whatever. Like he always played conflicted characters. Oh, he's always. If there's one here, thing I know I about Casey Affleck, he plays conflicted characters. He doesn't play a sim- simple guy. Never. Hmm. It's hard because a three-year-old probably doesn't know, but you're condoning the behavior of Morgan Friedman, even if it's well-intentioned. And he is like, the, what did you say? This a sheriff or he's the chief of police? Yeah, he's the chief of police. Where did he take the daughter from? Like a birthday party or like a street corner? <laughs> Her home. The, the mom, Helene, left the left Amanda at home alone for hours while she went to a dive bar. Uh, what, oh. Oh, was there a jukebox? <laughs> Amanda, I, th- Is I don't Morgan know. Is Morgan Freeman, does he have money? He's a Boston like police a, chief. I mean, the uh, I, oh, he's so we've learned that house was no was no shack. I'll tell you that much. 
And so basically he doesn't trust the foster system. He's like, I don't trust. He's a sheriff and he doesn't trust the court system to like do the right thing in this situation and, or, and like find this child a new home. Or is it that he just really wants a child? Um, Because off the bat, if we're just going to say yes or no, where we're at off the bat, I'm with Affleck on this. I'm a no, it's not okay to like, just take the child and leave it unresolved for the family and friends, everyone involved. Or did he save the child? Save it. I mean, that's the other way to look at it. I just think that once you start taking kids, it's like, who's to stop <laughs> Sally Lou from down the street? Cause, cause what is a proper, there's certain things that are abuse and not okay. But then there's certain things that are on the line where one person might say, that's not a happy home, but someone else might say, Oh, look, that's a happy home. So what's to stop some random lady from just like stealing kids being like, well, they live in a, you know, they because don't have no one windows. else would know. Cause no, <laughs> but think about like Mark Morgan Freeman in this, like, power position in the community is making this judgment call and accepted the consequences that she's going to be raised in like, is she sleeping beauty? Right. Like I'm going to avoid her from the curse and put her out in the woods till her 16th birthday where I tell her the truth. And then how much therapy is she going to need? Well, I think because this detective Broussard, who's played by none other than Ed, um, what's his name? Ed Harris. Yes. Ooh. I know it's a very it's it's an intense performance. It's an imper- it's like you've never seen him, or it's well, I, the only I, way you've ever seen him. <laughs> I think I've seen this m- movie. You probably have, and he's. It is on cable constantly, and I never watch. You should it. check it out. I mean, it's it's got a ton of moral dilemmas in there. It's just one after the other. I, it's not really like the happy subject matter that mm. I like. Well then, don't like watch Manchester by the night, Sea, Christina. I promise. No, I'm not going. No. <laughs> last night we watched the 2016 MTV, or no, I'm sorry, the 1999 MTV music video. That's fun. Show. That's, That's really fun. In sync, Backstreet Boys. <gasps> oh hell yeah! I bet that was Chris Rock hosted. Oh yeah. I bet I'd sleep like a baby after watching that. I'd be up all night. I slept so well last night because I I didn't pick up my phone once the entire time because it was an amazing time capsule. Wow, yeah. I would like to see that. So, anyway. well, Maria, you you're uh, holding so- your cards awfully close to the chest. What are you, what do you think? Well, I I'm again as Maria. I don't think it's right to take to to take a child away from their home because you you believe that you'd give them a better life when it's like, I don't know. It's hard because you know, what's crazy is like the government and the world has put in place these things like the foster system and, you know, um, child protective services to make you not have to think about this stuff, you know, where it's just like, Oh, if they're in a bad home, then they're taken away and that's better for the kid or whatever. But when you go outside of that system and someone's doing it, and kind of leaving all that aside, you're you have to then think for yourself. Well, wait a minute. Should this child be taken away? And it's kind of like mind bending, because it's like who has the right to say where that ch- child should be? And you know, just because her her mother doesn't show her the love Morgan Freeman would show her, doesn't mean that the mother wouldn't care for her and like be loving. She's gonna need therapy either way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think so too. 
Because I think Christina's right. When you're looking long-term, this plan has a lot of holes in it. And eventually this child's going to ask like, well, where do I have any relatives? What did happen to my mom? Like what, where do I have grandparents? And then what is Morgan Freeman going to say? Like, I took you away from your mom. Oh, so I was taken away from my mom and you adopted me. And he's got to go, well, not exactly. that Casey Affleck would turn Morgan Freeman in because he's going to wrestle with it. And I think he would ultimately shed light on the, uh, expose the whole thing. But does that mean that Morgan Freeman is going, like the ripple effect? Like, yes, what's good for Amanda in the moment Mm -hmm. versus what's going to happen is the mom's, the mom's going to lose her either way, right? Because there's no way they're going to let her go back to the mom. Uh, Au contraire, Chris. Christina, because they are really they're, they're going to let that child go back to the mom because the mom because the mom made it so clear in the media that she like needed her child back. Like this was like a huge this is like if like Jean Benet like came back basically and like was missing and then she came back or like Did the mom sober up in this meantime? She's you want me to tell you what happens in the end just to let you you know? Yeah. Sure. Well, the uh, spoiler they, alert. Spoiler alert. Because it's only on cable at two. So, okay, so Casey says to Michelle Monaghan, he says, "You got to get out of my way. I'm returning this child." And he goes and he returns her. Morgan Freeman gets arrested. Everyone's, you know, basically it ends up with Amanda back home with Helene, aka Amy Ryan. Oh. Um, yeah, playing a, a you know tour de force. Who's Amy Ryan? Oh, she, um, she the was office. the office. She was. Oh, I yeah. She's great. You'll you'll recognize her. She's very natural. She's very real. She's like mm. the Florence Pugh of the or- or early aughts. Um. <laughs> nice, nice millennial reference. <laughs> and um, basically, the end scene is. Oh yeah, Amy is Ryan. him is Casey Affleck going over to Helene's because she's very like he likes her like he, he thinks she's you know she's like an affable person and he goes over and he's and Amanda's sitting there just watching TV and Helene's going out for the night and he's and she's like oh I hope the babysitter gets here and the babysitter's like someone shady and then Casey's like well I'll just babysit her and she, she's like oh will you okay and then she like goes out to have a date with a guy and then it's just Casey Affleck sitting with Amanda and they're just watching TV and like no one's talking. And you can just see that this is going to be her existence. It's like the mom's there and the mom, you know, but she's, you know, this child is going to grow up without the love that Morgan Freeman. And and Morgan Freeman gets arrested. That's another thing that I didn't really think about. (laughs) Well, you know, there's consequences. Let me let me ask you just because you've seen the movie and I know that we should be uh, thinking about this abstractly, Mm -hmm. but... How much time passes between when they think that she's dead and when he finds her? Yeah. Like, is it two years later? No, it's not. It's sleepless. Nights? I think it's like months. And there's a whole thing that happens in the middle that that group of detectives that do this thing where they take away the kid. They, they basically put on this play to show that Amanda's been killed. And so they like put mm. the nail in the coffin. A play. So there is a conspiracy yes. here. OK, I, I'm. This is greater forces at work. I'm a full on, I got to say, and we should all give our answers now of what we think. I'm, I'm a Affleck on this a hundred percent. Like you don't get to play God like that and decide 
that you're just going to take a child and you and your buddies, your detective buddies, <laughs> don't get to judge these women who are just trying to live their lives and say, <laughs> okay, well, you're, well, Amanda, you're, not a, a, you're not a fit mother. I'm going to take your child, do a play to make you think she's dead and raise her in a forest house. <laughs> No. Does she have friends in the forest house or is it basically like quarantine that we're living in? I don't. They don't go into that. We never go inside the house. To be fair, we're only on the porch. We can't judge her quality of life in the Morgan Freeman reality. There could be a birthday party in the backyard for all we know, but we're only seeing the front porch. <laughs> oh, I want some cake. You oh, guys. cake sounds so damn good. Will we so ever go to a birthday good. party again? I want to go to a child's birthday party right now. <laughs> I do. I want like uh, Uncrustables and a, a taco truck, a taco truck, and a beautiful birthday. Cake. Yeah, Rich Baby's birthday is where I want to be. Rich, Rich Baby, baby Craig I and I my... saw Rich Baby at Chateau Marmont once. There was Rich Baby was walking through the walking through the hall of Chateau Marmont. He was wearing like Chanel slippers. It was this little like three year old baby who was wearing like white linen pajamas and Chanel slippers. Oh it my was God. really something else. Sometimes we just I could have gotten him a lion head rug for him to sit on. <laughs> rich baby I think about often. I think where where's rich baby now? Because that that baby was rich. Okay, so Christina Maria, Not what are baby. your final answers? Oh, um, you know, because of all the ripple effects, I'm just gonna keep her in the in the forest. <laughs> okay i think it's you know because look it's hard to like hypothesize knowing that right now like it's hard my gut would be just to leave her there if she's happy she's three she doesn't know any better but the right thing to do is what he does which is pull the rug out from this operation mm -hmm. and expose everyone because they all should have known better and they all should have known there were consequences like what's to say that if Casey Affleck doesn't turn Morgan Freeman in that in two years someone's not going to turn him in or someone else some good do-gooder is not going to call and figure it out that's like, a great point he didn't think yeah it out. that's true well when we meet them they're leaving town so I think that that it, it you know they oh, they were going to like full-on change identities Maybe. I don't know. But this reminds me of when um, they used to say, well, the kid, there was a kid that got stolen, kidnapped at Disneyland, and they dyed the kid's hair in the bathroom. <gasps> and the only reason they recognized him and the stroller <gasps> on the way out is because they forgot to change the kid's shoes. Oh, my. That's like a story from God. The is that real? Oh my God. Or is that a that's yeah. an urban legend? Oh, God. Why didn't they just Why put a wig on, on him? They didn't have to dye his hair. A wig? What kind of what? wig? <laughs> Here's this like child a Wayne's wig, World wig that I took off of a doll. <laughs> like a Wayne's World wig and hat? <laughs> yeah, why didn't they just put, I don't know, like him. I guess they didn't sell those like costumes like they do now at Disneyland. Well, you aren't allowed to but wear yeah. masks at Disneyland. Oh, in the 80s. You okay, well then th um, that's crazy that they didn't just do that. Look, you have I I would like to keep her just like oblivious and living in the forest and talking to birds. Like I think that would be great for her. Mm -hmm. But he probably did the right thing by just blowing it up and then painfully drinking it away every night when he tries to go mm. to sleep. Oh, okay. A little fan fiction there, but <laughs> God no. <laughs> a little gone baby. No, he's like, gone but he like, maybe he's a he likes the trouble. He likes 
He feeds off the trouble. We know that. He lives in the gray. <laughs> it's hard. You know, I was, um, I always thought, I was thinking about what kind of big ones you guys would have today. And I thought, oh, I remember the time there was like a baby and they had to sacrifice the baby for the good of all these oh, people. Was- and there was so much conversation. I was like, just kill the baby. You guys just kill the yeah. baby. Yeah. And, um, but you know, it's not so easy. Well, you not have to also, yeah, well, you also have to think like if you saw a child in danger like that, would you take, would you take, here's Craig. Oh my God. Wow. He came back with some goodies. Healthy fats. Um, pickles. Um, it's just like if you saw a child in danger up close you might think differently you know and that's what i also think none of us are mothers mm. and currently and i think that if you asked a mom they might have a very different opinion Ooh, going which way though do you think i could see it going either way because i could see a mom thinking the child should be with their bio mom bio mom well i <laughs> The new sitcom on like CBS. Like a no man. After Rich Baby. Bio mom. <laughs> bio mom. Get me out of this bio dome. see Thursday. <laughs> bio mom. AP bio you know, mom. I-, <laughs> I love that show. I was thinking that the mom would be judgy. Like, like a, you would want what's best for the kid. Mm. And maybe what's best is living a life of... Not knowing. I think a mom. <laughs> I think a mom would say, "You don't know what that." I think the mom would be like how Amanda was a minute ago, and say, "These men can't take my baby from me." But you know what? I would say I I have a dog, so I'm going to put it in dog terms because we rescued mm. this dog that somebody found. And yes, the dog can't tell you, but let's say the three year old can't really tell you either. Human child. Like, if someone came to me and said, that is my dog, and how dare you take that dog from me? And I would say, she has a wonderful life. She gets these cheese and sleep in a bed. Like, she is beloved. How dare you have lost her in the first place? How dare you left her alone in the first place? I'd fucking cut her. Like, you're not taking this dog from me, even if that dog is not biologically mine. That's true. And now, actually, that you've said that, Christina, I do realize I was the Morgan Freeman in the situation how we got (laughs) Margot. (laughs) let's put it with pets girl let's come down to margo because i did kidnap margo from her bio (laughs) (laughs) so that's making me think you're bio mom and you don't even know it i'm not bio mom you're total bio AP bio mom. mom. Okay, guys. Well, Maria, what's your final answer? And then we'll get I, to the you got to return. Lives. You got to return the kid, and then you got to babysit for the rest of your life. Then you have to just do what Casey Affleck did and look. You know, give that child the love with the mother there. Wow. Okay. Well, you heard heard it here. Do we have a dear big ones? Yeah. Let me get it. Was that an okay one? I was great. And you know what's funny is I've been seeing this dilemma come up. There's like. I'm always Googling like moral dilemmas from movies and there's really only one list out there. And this one is always on that list. Yeah. I've been seeing it for years, but we've never done it. But I thought that was, that was interesting. I'm sorry. I got preoccupied by the sexy. Oh my God. It was great. Well, it just helps visualize, you know, um, okay, man, I just sent it to you. Okay. Here, I'll pull it up. Oh, Okay. Oh, you texted. Okay, let me see. 
Okay, so now we have a Dear Big Ones coming in from one of our listeners. Dear Big Ones, you girls are the best. I work as an accountant at a major firm in Houston. We could totally work from home and do it all the time, except now. They say that we can if we are uncomfortable, but there are also rumors that those choosing to work from home will be the first to let go. So I cannot (sighs) afford to work from home. Just a few days ago on June 24th, the managing partner finally sent an email saying that masks are mandatory if you go to the restroom, kitchen, or any other place that folks might be near. Today, I was walking into the restroom as one of the toilets was flushing. One of my coworkers was walking out maskless. What is worse is that she clearly did not wash her hands. It would have been impossible to do in such a short amount of time that the toilet was not even done flushing. As Miss Maskless walked by me, she looked at me with what, what looked like embarrassment. I thought it was just because she was caught walking out without washing her hands, but I soon realized it was because the stall she used had pee all over it. There has been pee in that stall before, like on the floor and seat. This happens about once a month, which now makes sense as she is an auditor and only in the office once in a blue moon. (gasps) She usually works off-site. When I was talking from a safe distance to a coworker about the scene in the restroom, I saw Rachel walk out of the kitchen. This means she went straight from the restroom with her pee hands to the kitchen. My coworker (laughs) said she had almost the exact same experience as I did the day before in another restroom. She said she saw Rachel leave the restroom without washing her hands and noticed pee all over the stall. Obviously, we (laughs) should always wash our hands after using the restroom, but especially during the current environment. I'm afraid to talk to HR or management as they think that COVID is silly and anyone caring about masks is being dramatic or sheeple, sheepy, sheeple. I don't know that word. I really... Like you're a sheeple? It's S-H-E-E-P-L-E. Sheeple, like people, but sheep. People, but sheep. Hmm. I really cannot lose my job right now. So Herd I'm, mentality? So I'm at a loss for what to do. Um, best um, love the masked accountant. This wow. is horrifying. I mean, I just like I'm so sorry for anyone who has to put up with a work environment that isn't taking this seriously and, and you're made to feel like a sheeple. <laughs> My new favorite word. (laughs) I'm looking up sheeple right now. I mean, you know what I'm going to say? A passive aggressive sign in the bathroom. Because what this this woman is doing. Yeah, a peace sign. She is hovering. People compared to sheep Mm. in being docile, (laughs) foolish or easily led sheeple. You should wear, you should have a mask, a sheep mask made. So you're calling it out before they can call it. You, you, what if she's there and you just bah? Yeah. <laughs> but what if she does that to you first? <laughs> How horrifying. I mean, would you that know, be? this woman I, is peeing on the seat because she's hover peeing. Yes. She's hover peeing and not cleaning up after so herself. So she cares about Maybe herself. That's why she thinks it's but not others. Okay. Oh. That's everybody. She hovers, but she doesn't cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what your sign says. If yeah. you hover, you better cover. And then with yeah, a, a picture cover. of a, toil- a toilet seat cover. If you hover, you better and cover. And then put the toilet seat cover on yeah. her face. <laughs> with her face yeah, peeking out. Yeah. Would you use this and it's a toilet seat without this and it's the, co- the toilet seat cover? Well, then why are you using this and it's someone's face without this and it's a mask? Mm. And it's equating people's faces to toilet bowls. 
It's been a long time since I've worked in an office, but the passive aggressive sign I think is probably still a thing. Yeah. The we clean the refrigerator out on Fridays, everything will be thrown away. Yeah. And I hate it in my personal life. Like I, I think it's like a bad technique to use with roommates and that sort of thing. But in an office space, I actually think the passive aggressive sign is really important. You can make it fun too if you put a little joke in there and even a little veiled threat, you know, um, like a smile. You're on you're on camera. Nice. Won't tell you where. Wink. A nice uh, graphic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gra- make yeah. it a meme. Now, what like are a Brad thinking- Pitt saying it, you know, like, you know, <laughs> I think. <laughs> now, what are we thinking about the second part of this question? Be a sweetie and clean the CD. Wait, what was that, Christina? Be a sweetie and clean the CD. <laughs> oh, and See, it's but the that's candy too. They're not going to listen to that. That's they're not going to listen to that. That's too cute. They're going to look at that and they're going to scoff. You have to be. You more know what firm. I will say that if you do make a passive aggressive sign, and this is something I've learned from motorhome drivers over the years when we work out of on production, we work out of a motorhome. There's always a handwritten sign, just like printer paper and sharpie, taped in the restrooms that say no feminine product you know, don't use a lot of toilet paper. And it's always handwritten. One time I said, can you just make a nice sign? Yeah. Like, I get this, the motorhome systems are, you know, sensitive. He's like, no one will read a printed sign. If you handwrite it, they think it just happened. Oh. And they'll read it. And I was like, that's oh, what you that's need so to do. You have to say urgent. That's whatever you write. You just have to write in Sharpie urgent. Just just Sharp. you have to handwrite. I just wow. wrote this visual trick. That's fascinating. Visual trick. I'm I'm so into that. That's a hot tip. <gasps> that is because then that hot says tip. something's wrong with the thing you're using, and if you mess it up, then you're then it's you're done for. Otherwise, it just is like, hey, keep our bathroom clean. And a handwritten sign is someone's been in to fix this already. And if you do it yeah. again, you're to bl- you're to be blamed. Ooh, more of a sense of urgency and a handwritten sign. More judgment, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More oh, shame. I love that. Okay. And so, what about the second part of the dilemma, where the office place is is judging people for taking COVID seriously? That's really difficult because she can't go into the position where she's the person casting. You know, it, shame reverse shame works the same. Like you wear a mask and I shame you and you don't and I shame you. So there's not really a a good way to win there if the company is not taking a stand. Yeah. But I would think that that she could talk to HR about that because it really is like an issue. God forbid someone gets sick. I mean, clearly they're not the office that has, they're not taking their temperature then before they go to the office. Now they are saying that you are able to work from home, but there is some like, it's a kind of work from home in quotation marks where it's actually frowned upon. But could you just own that and say like, great, I'm taking you up on working from home. And if they try to, they can't fire you for that, right? Like, isn't that... And if they do fire you, don't you just get to go on unemployment and maybe find a better job? I know that's easy to say. <laughs> and, and you should find a better job. I, it's easy to say, and I, not everyone can afford to risk their job, obviously, but... it's It sounds like she might work for a privately owned uh, company and not like a major yeah. corporation because that's why they have loosey-goosey HR Here we go. This is Amanda and, like, and I, within the last couple of weeks, have become big corporate heads. We think the corporations are what are going to get us through this pandemic because they're the only ones that don't want to get sued. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it all comes down to liability. And maybe that's where she, that's the angle because litigious people mm. do get hurt. So she says, look, I'm really concerned that you're putting my health at risk. This independent contractor does not take anything seriously when she comes here. You know, or I've seen like, there's definitely like health risks and liability. I think the standards and practices would be all over it. Yeah. But if they don't think COVID's a liability in the beginning, then she's back to square one while she's writing. Can you do this? Can you leave um, a handwritten sign up on the HR department's door saying urgent? (laughs) And it says, gosh, I would sure hate for you to get sued by someone who's immune, immunocompromised. Wink, Mm. wink. Uh, Please flush. Do you... But they're not going to get COVID from urine. That's the, like, there's two issues. One, like, non-sanitary and two. Right. But, masks, you know. Right? I don't know. We don't I, know. I think you just have to do what you have to do to protect your own health. So if that means people are laughing at you, but you're wearing your mask, do that. Wash your hands as much as you can. If you dare, I'd suggest working from home and just not assuming that people are frowning upon it and just confidently can doing it. Can you work from can you work from home just part of the week? Like, can you say like, oh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I come into the office and the rest of the day, could you split the difference to passively aggressively? Yeah, or figure yeah, it? figure out the days Rachel comes in and then, yeah. um, or on the days Rachel comes in, wear a big raincoat and when she walks in the door, put like open an umbrella <laughs> and that's... We were going to order those big Amazon inflatable suits that cover you. That are like weird green screen Halloween mm-hmm. things just to be covered and go out like in the, the world. Like the sumo wrestler suits. <laughs> <laughs> like a dinosaur. No, they're more abstract. They're just color. They're just color and inflatable. That's it. There's no... You know I'm like, what you could do? I'm like trying to do anything else. You, what you could do too is when you see her come into the office, you run into the bathroom and then um, draw a clown face on the mirror. And so when oh, she, yeah. And when, so when she goes to the bathroom and she comes out, <gasps> she'll see herself in the mirror and go, and she'll see the clown that she really is. <laughs> Instead of a clown, why don't you just tape a mask on the mirror? So then that's her wearing a mask. <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> see, she'll be so, she'll go, wow, it doesn't look half bad. Yeah. Hey, I do that look good. That sucks because I would, you know, Everyone's ready to snap right now. So I don't know. I think that she takes all of this advice in. And when she does see Rachel, is that her name? Oh, but that's funny. You should say that because actually I think the guy, the person did say her name is Rachel in the email, but I left it out. Oh, you said Rachel. I did? Yeah. I think she should just snap at the woman. Like, I think she should just snap. And then you just say like, I had a COVID, like I had my anxiety in this pandemic. Like, she should say something to her. My mother would say something mm. to her. Like, we're being all nice and polite with the passive aggressive office sign. <laughs> but my mom would have just gone like, really? Yeah. You're not washing your hands yeah. right now? Don't be a doormat. Don't be the office doormat. No, be the office. I think be the and, office and, uh, handwritten sign. I think you could like... Uh, you could put it in a way. Say like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry was I in front of the sink? Do you need to wash your hands? Like you could just wait for her mm-hmm. in the bathroom and just call her on that behavior. But even I think that's passive aggressive, Christina, you could just, you could go like, I don't feel comfortable you coming in here, peeing all over the ground, not wearing a mask <laughs> and not washing your hands. Like it's literally, yeah, I think that approach would actually be great. Uh, you're I'd tra- love you're it. Because, and also put the passive aggressive. I just, up. I need you. I need you to write a passive aggressive sign and then take a picture of it. 
please and then do send it to us um i would say that if she did snap at rachel <laughs> that with a company that doesn't have like intense procedures in place that she would be fine right she's like i'm not working from home i snapped at this like really insensitive freelancer and just go back to work <laughs> i i'm I, with like you it didn't happen i, I like it know. And you know what? It would be like that scene in Working Girl when uh, Melanie Griffith finally tells somebody off and they all cheer. Oh, yeah. You know, like, you did it. She tells off the guy who's putting, like, she puts the stuff in the ticker tape when they're, like, totally uh, mansplaining to her. And then all they all cheer. That may not be how it happens. Well, you have, yeah, have your Working Girl moment. Yeah. You take, you t- you, you take this girl. You know what? Because actually, see, look at me. I'm flip-flopping just like I thought I wouldn't. But I think you just tell her because you know what? Life is short. We could all drop dead in one week or in one hour. And you might so just from COVID. And that's what Rachel's making yeah. sure of. Yeah. Amen to that. Good luck. Well, Christina, this has been so great. Do you have, do you, <laughs> do you have anywhere? Can, where can people find you? What is going on? Nothing is going on. I'm a non-essential worker. I am a I am a good supporter in the group. So look for Mark McConville. Everyone check out Field Notes brand. He just did a song for their summer campaign oh, for heavy duty that's notebooks. Exciting. Cool. Yeah. He had a lot of fun writing the song. So um check that out. Awesome. Well, you, you can go, reach us everyone. at the big ones podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at the big ones pod. And you can call us at Six two six And Christian, is that real? Yeah, that's it is. real. It's it. You guys have a we phone actually number? have two phone numbers. <laughs> do people use them? They Sometimes. do for another podcast. That we don't get many for for big ones, but web crawlers gets a ton of phone calls. And oh, the alarmist, the alarmist gets them too. You guys, this has been such an honor. I'm a fan of the show. I'm behind in my episodes because I don't really go anywhere. And unlike my husband, who's happy to listen to a podcast doing just about mm-hmm. anything, for me, it's always been like a a, tra- a car yeah. behavior. Mm-hmm. So um, so I this is great. Well, you are <laughs> such a wonderful guest. Thank you. Thank you. I have lots of opinions. I really cool. do. Um, so Ooh. thanks for letting me share. We some knew you them. would. I do. And we still need to talk about wearing hats and wide leg pants in public. That's right. Ooh. On the Lauren Lapkiss episode, you had a lot of thoughts on that. You said, if I just start wearing hats, that I'll get used to it. Well, it's, I would I would give you the three to five point system of how to wear a hat. Okay. Like first, wear it in your house. <laughs> Second, wear it to a place where no one knows you. And then third, wear it to a place where someone calls your name, like at a takeout place or mm. Starbucks. Oh, my God. I just got anxiety thinking about that. Wow. Maria. No, turning because around with my it's big hat a- on. <laughs> no, because by that point, like you're conditioning yourself, like you wear it around your house and it's like, OK, I'm wearing it in my house, whatever. It's a costume piece. Then you go somewhere when no one knows Maria and doesn't know Maria doesn't wear hats. <laughs> right. So you're just a person wearing yeah. a hat. I'm one of like, those. No big yeah. deal. And then the the big test is when you go and they're like Maria and I answer to it and then it's officially answer to it because what you hear is Maria wears hats they pick up your coffee and they just go big hat (laughs) then then you can burn hat then you know well I think I think that's genius advice and I actually think like I've kind of subconsciously been doing that with some weird things I own like I you kind of start slow and you then you and then it's like nothing it's like you know you forgot you know you used to not wear the hat 
Yeah. <laughs> I want, thought I had to wait till I was 60 to wear like a house dress, like a muumuu house dress. And then I was like, live. You know what? I want the breeze. I want the effortless mm. chic, a- chicdom of vacation life. A caftan. Mm-hmm. It's great. See, so, yeah, Maria, I support you, but we can talk more about hats. I do want to get her in some wide leg pants, though. Some little high-waisted wide-leggers. It looks so cute. Like some sailor pants. It looks so cute on you. Just a little t-shirt or even a, like a little cropped tee. Easy, yeah. Maria. No, all right. Well, we'll you know next time when you get back. Yeah, when when I get when when we go out when this uh, this pandemic ends and we get dressed up to go out for a night on the town, you can put me in some wide leg pants, a, a, a crop tee, and a hat, and then you'll see me thrive. <laughs> That's great with a block heel. <laughs> Don't push it. Well, Christina, thanks for being on, and thank you all for listening to The Big One. Erios. Powered by ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.